1: Good afternoon and welcome to Front and Nationwide, the athletics dedicated podcast to the Columbus Blue Jackets. My name is Tom Reed, uh, who will serve as today's host, filling in for the vacationing Aaron Line. I am joined by Allison Lucan and uh, Aaron, I would think right now might be like walking through the Hemingway house, uh, (laughs) mingling among the six-toed cats in uh, Key West, Florida. Allison, you've been there. It's a, a, a great place to to go. The Keys, very underrated place, I, I think.
2: <laughs> One of my very favorite places in the world, actually. I've been going there ever since I was a baby. So uh, hopefully he comes back. It's always hard for me to come back. And I've been there a lot.
1: <laughs> yes. Now, Allison, uh, obviously fans, we've we've uh, hopefully built up a little bit of following on our podcast, but there's going to be a, a few changes. Let's get the, let's get some business out of the way right away. Explain to our listeners where people can find it, and it's I, I don't believe it's, it's no longer going to be right on our page uh, where, where you can read all of our Blue Jacket stories.
2: That's right. So we will be um, there's no change in where you can find the podcast outside of um, those posts we used to make, but just wanted to make you aware to check those regularly. We post um, our show on SoundCloud iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, So hopefully we've covered a lot of the bases there. And when we tweet out the show um, twice a week, we will always include all three of those links. And if there's another platform you'd like us to try and get the show on, let us know. But hopefully uh, one of those three will suit all of our listeners' needs, and and you'll hopefully continue to enjoy the rich content we're putting out.
1: Well, one thing I think Blue Jackets fans enjoyed, and probably uh, with a sigh of relief, was last night's 4-3 overtime win over the Flyers. Uh, The win kind of vaulted them back into the playoff picture, the very tightly compacted race right now, Uh, one point clear of Carolina and Pittsburgh. Uh, Seth Jones uh, with the game-winning goal in overtime, his seventh career overtime uh, winner for the Blue Jackets, setting a new franchise record. Uh, Artemi Temi Panarin with an absolutely incredible last shift of the game, a minute and 24 seconds to set up the goal. And what an important win on a night where it looked like the blue jackets had the game in hand over the second half of the game and gave up a late goal. And wow, if they would have not got two points out of that game or even a point uh, I think there would be some very sweaty palms in blue jacket land today.
2: Oh yeah. Wow. I mean, I think that, you know, it's, it, it Academically, it's easy to understand that with three new skaters in the lineup, that's going to take some time to gel. Add in that Ryan Murray, um, arguably one of the best defensemen this season, is out, Um, that there's going to take some time to put all the pieces together. But there's not a lot of time. and So I think it felt a little scary um, for the Jackets to lose the first game after all those really talented additions. And... This settles that ship, and I think it also gives the guys in the room just that little extra bit of confidence, right, to say, yep, see, we're putting it together. Here we go. We can do this. Let's go.
1: Yeah, and obviously the the, the game that Allison referenced was a, a disappointing uh, first get, post-trade deadline game, a uh, loss to the Penguins, 5-2, I believe, uh, and, and more disappointing and more, I think, alarming is I believe that's seven in a row to the Penguins. Yes, and, and, and we're going to get to that, that this topic a little, the Penguins topic a little bit. So yes, probably uh, calm some jangled nerves. And it is, I mean, it is a big ask uh, to add four players at the deadline. That's a lot of players. Uh, you, you think back last year, that was a very smooth transition for the three players they added. That that's not, you know, it, those guys came in last year. Uh, help me, it was Ian Cole, uh, Mark Testu, yep. and Thomas Vanek, yep. the count.
2: Oh, I missed the count.
1: <laughs> and, I mean, they, they were in there a week, and it, it looked like they had been there all season. They just fit in from a chemistry standpoint, on the ice, a locker room standpoint. The guys really embraced them. And, and sometimes that's not easy to do. We'll see how this experiment goes. Um, and one of the things, when you bring in a lot of players, Allison, as you know, you've got to find room for them, and you've got to find who fits best with whom. My English teacher may kill me if that, that's wrong. It may be who. Uh, but, you know, we're already seeing that. We, we, we saw that uh, over the last couple games, uh, what John Tortorella did with his lines. The, the original, they originally kind of came out with uh, Matthew Shane on the top line with Artemi Panarin and Cam Atkinson, and that stayed true for a couple games. Now we have, uh, we have, we have, Duchesne with the zingle on the third line, and then the defensive pairings, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, were blown all to hell last night. And, uh, you know, what is your level of comfort in finding these guys getting that figured out and getting that sorted as we head down an important stretch?
2: Yeah, it's the, the forward side is, is a little um easier, <laughs> quote unquote, in that yeah. you have some options, but I but I am curious to see and, and we'll see if uh, John Tortorella might speak on this today is will he ever try to up on that top line again? You know, I think yeah. it, it it they were very dynamic in their first two games together. So yeah. I don't know if you give it one more look just to see because of what you have in those players. Um, but you know, again, I, at this point, I don't know that you have a one, two, three line. I think you have three lines and you have a really well-functioning fourth line right now. It's just that those yeah. three lines each kind of have a different role. so i don't I don't know that I'm worried about the quote unquote hierarchy of that. There's just three mm-hmm. lines that play really well. On the defensive side, it's a little more curious mm. yeah. <laughs> um, because you can really and we've we've talked about this forever. You know, Jones and Warensky were such a powerhouse the last two years. This year, they've seen some time together, seen some time apart. but, we know that can be such a strong pairing. Um, Murray is out, who's been Jones's other primary partner yeah. this year. Then you look at Marcus Nudevara, who's, who's another puck mover, another young guy. You know, some bumps this season. Then you've got your kind of solid David Savard and your solid Scott Harrington. Well, you bring in an Adam McQuaid. I say all of this to bring it to Adam McQuaid, which is this is a guy who knows what he is. He's a stay-at-home guy. He's a physical guy. He is a guy that's going to do a pretty good job of keeping opponents from entering the zone and that's valuable. But the yeah. problem is you need the other side of that coin. Once you stop an opponent, you've got to get the puck going the other way and that's not his strength. So yeah. he's, you've got to match him and Tortorella has said this, you've got to match him with an offensive guy. So now you're looking at a new a Jones, a Wierenski, Um, And, We've seen, we saw him first with Harrington. We saw him go with Nudavara a little bit more last night, but that impacts the other pairs. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think they're going to keep tinkering and just really hoping that Ryan Murray comes back, not just for the pairings, but just because of his talent. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, this it, was that's it. Go, go ahead, no go. It's a, it's it is you know we keep mentioning it on the show, but I don't think we've really delved into. I mean, what a great season Murray's been having, and there is no timeline right now for when uh, Ryan Murray is going to return from his upper body injury, and that is a big loss. I mean, it's uh, Ryan Murray's always, you know, the, the if there has been a knock on Ryan Murray's career, it has been just his it being injury prone, because when he's on the ice, he's a good player, and this year was really the first really extended stretch since a few years ago when I think he did play all 82 games yep. a couple of years ago. Yep. But there's, you always kind of hold your breath a little bit with him uh, because again, when he's playing, he's very valuable. He just, he's to me, he is one of those modern defensemen that can, plays the game. He's not he's not overly physical, but he can get the job done. He moves the puck. He thinks the game very well. And, you know we've got about what 18 17 18 games left here
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and I don't know and they're fighting for they're fighting for their lives for a playoff spot I don't know when we're going to see him and and it does create it does create some some situations for Brad Shaw who changes the defensive pairings and John Tortorella said tough some tough decisions to make last night he ended up moving Scott Harrington who we normally think of as a third pair defenseman up to, to play with Seth Jones. Right. I mean, with the game on the line, the, the with the Blue Jackets down a, a goal after the first period, they just put the defenseman in the blunder and switched the, all three pairings, and it worked. It, it, they got they got by last night. I thought I thought Harrington played a very good game. Ended up scoring a goal, but more importantly, was able to handle the 18 plus minutes that he played with Seth Jones and did a pretty good, decent job. But he's going to have to do that, and these, this group's going to have to do that for however long Ryan Murray's out. How, what is your level of concern of, of them getting this right, uh, to, to kind of get them where they need to, to go to make the playoffs?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I don't know if it's concern. I, I have more of a curiosity right now and, and towards is somewhere inherently reflective reflexively just going, stop coaching. He knows someone's trying to mess with what he wants to do, but, um, I don't know if concern is the word. I think more curiosity. You know, Dean Kukan had some good minutes last season playing with David Savard, and I'm curious to see if the Stop coaches, coaching, Allison. Stop coaching. I, they, somewhere John Tortorella reflexively. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm curious to see if they don't see what he might bring back in the mix um, in terms of, again, that puck movement. I, I do think this group can patchwork together the balance of the regular season if they need to. But I think it's going to be a little bit more nail biting. I think last night's game showed us that, right? There were those odd man rushes snuck back into the game against. There was a little bit more scrambly play close in front of the net. These were things that the Jackets had kind of tamped down and now they're showing up again. But I think they can they can get through the regular season, like I said. But as we've talked about, you need more defensemen, period, for the postseason. And you definitely need a Ryan Murray for the postseason. He's just, he, I mean, yeah. you mentioned it, but he's just so good. And I, I, you, without him, I think that's, that's where, to your point, concern would start to come into my conversation. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's, it is to, to, to continue on that word that they just don't, you know, it, it started out, I, I think it always starts out day to day. And then I think Torch was on his radio show, said used the word a while yeah and now that, that a while seems to be really stretched out. You know, we, we have not I have not seen Ryan Murray. So there's days I, I, I was out of town for a couple of days. Uh, but I have not seen Ryan Murray. He certainly hasn't been skating. And you do, there is some just what they're going to do with, with his defensive pairings because that's that's again, it's it's a big loss. And they are about to begin and a 10 game stretch here. Well, and we're just we're just talking about how how you know this this season is right on a knife's edge with with their playoff positioning and it's very close in the metro division. Uh, but you know any, they, they any bad stretch right now, you know, lose three in a row. And you could be in trouble depending on on, on what those other teams do. Uh, this is a topic that if I introduced in a press conference, John Tortorella's head would literally explode because he only (laughs) wants to talk about the next game. Uh, But we on, on front and nationwide, we can, we can throw this out uh, to our listeners. Uh, Tomorrow begins a 10 game stretch and I will just go over the games. Edmonton, Winnipeg, those two games at home, back to back on the weekend at New Jersey home and home against Pittsburgh at the Islanders, at Boston, against Carolina, at Boston, and then they begin a West Coast swing at Calgary, who may be the hottest team, maybe one of the best, maybe the best team in the West, sneaky best team in the West. Allison, two against Pittsburgh, two against Boston, the Islanders in there, Winnipeg coming to town. This team better get it together pretty quickly, and again, they they, they, they won last night, and they've been playing fairly well, but uh, as far as gelling with this, these, these new guys, this is a huge stretch of games uh, with very few games remaining after that.
2: Oh, so important. And, I mean, even the teams that are quote-unquote out of it, I mean, at Carolina, first of all, those those games are never easy for the Jackets, ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. and they're fighting. They're pushing, right? They oh, want
1: to. Yeah, they're, uh, Carolina's right there. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're right there. Now. I mean, you I... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, you look at the schedule, and I see two games. I see two games early on here in this stretch that, like, you got to win. You got to beat Edmonton. Uh, you you got to beat Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, uh right away, and then you've got to win that game in New Jersey. Those are the two where you think, okay, they should win those games. The rest of those eight games, whew, those are some. Those are some tough tasks in there.
2: Well, and let's let's take it even one step further. Is that there are one two three back-to-backs in that stretch as well so it's not just the level of competition it's the demands of the schedule right so that's that's another degree of difficulty if you will but you know at the same time if this is the team that they think they are that management thinks they are they can make it through. Now they're not going to win every game here. Obviously. Um, the, the, the somewhat blessing is that they are playing against Pittsburgh. That's a team that, you know, it's, it's what we've seen this week. Whoever wins goes up, whoever wins goes down. Right. So there's, it's everyone's kind of clumped together. It's the only team that really can create huge separation, at least right now is the Islanders. Um, And I will say, as I was looking, and and this is certainly not to be a cushion because it's not super big, but it does exist, is that the Jackets do have a game in hand on a lot of their Eastern competition here. And they also, which this is not typically a thing we see with the Jackets, they have right now, let's see, they have um, two row, two regulation or overtime wins over the Islanders, uh, three over the Capitals. Four over Montreal, three over Carolina, and four over Pittsburgh. So, if we do get to a situation where we're looking at points ties, you know row is the next deal breaker there, and as long as the jackets to your point don't just go on some really bad bender of losses, having those short up, and again, this is a team that hasn't historically done that, having those short up as well could be really important down the stretch,
1: yeah. And I, I I mentioned this to to Sergey Bobrovsky after the game the other night and um, after the loss against Pittsburgh and I I think it's important he he shot it down and maybe others maybe you disagree as well they've got to find a way to beat Pittsburgh down the stretch not mm. only because they could end up playing them in one of the first two rounds if they get in but I don't know again you can't you can't almost afford to lose two or three games in a row right now and those are two massive games coming up next week uh, with the Penguins. Totally
2: agree. And this is, you know, this is where the flip side of adding so many new guys to the room could potentially help. I mean, this is what we saw. Remember way back in the day, Nashville was the nemesis of Columbus, right? Columbus could not beat Nashville to save their lives. And it wasn't until there was kind of a bigger overhaul of players and, I'll never forget James Wisniewski had the first. It was an overtime game winner, and afterwards he was like, "That we're supposed to be afraid of Nashville? I don't get it." So could there be enough of a change that starts to shake these guys loose of any sort of "Oh, it's Pittsburgh" because it definitely seems to be a thing. (laughs) No matter which way you cut it, it definitely seems to be a thing.
1: Yeah, you lose seven in a row. That's it's, uh, it's certainly you know there's going to be people that say you know are are these guys. Living, you know, have the, have, have the Penguins gotten into their head now? Exactly. Obviously, the Blue Jackets don't want to hear that. The coaching staff doesn't want to hear that. But when you lose seven in a row, that's uh, that's more than just a bit of a trend. That's something yeah. that you, you you have to – you've got to face. And, and, and again, you're going to have to face it at a critical juncture in this schedule coming down the stretch. I think – I counted up. My math – my public school education – Isn't great, but I think after the the stretch that we're talking about, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, just nine games remaining after that ten-game stretch. So they've got to they've got to be able to 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 keep it above water here and win some games. uh, So they're at least still in the playoff race. And of course, it, it would be great for them and their fans if they could snap off a little bit of a winning streak and maybe start pushing up against Washington. And by by extension, by the by the islanders, uh, so they as, as Torts likes to say, you got to keep looking up, don't don't be looking back.
2: I think you know the the key thing here too is and I would like to believe that the guys in the room know this is you know, before a couple years ago when when we talked about Columbus and Pittsburgh, you always gave an edge to Pittsburgh, oh, they have a little more talent, oh, they're so skilled yeah. well, these rosters stack up pretty well against each other now. You know, yeah. there is no Sidney Crosby, of course, but there is an Artemi Panarin in Columbus. Yeah. There is a Matt Duchesne. so you know this group can can go toe to toe with that team, in my opinion, on paper. Yeah, it's it's about just finishing the job.
1: Yeah, and with our, Artemi Panarin again, we, we I think we both agree, and a lot of people really understand that this is it. This is this is going to be the stretch run and whatever playoffs there are, but what a treat this guy has been to watch. Mm. Uh, And it was, you were reminded of that again last night. And it's last night's game to me. We're getting just a bit off topic here, but just an appreciation for, you know, the guy scores a goal. And again, just absolutely crazy sets up the winner on a shift where he played a minute and 24 seconds. I'm sitting there in the press box next to you. And I'm thinking, you've got to get off the ice. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't look like you have anything left. And I, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but Seth Jones was like saying after the game, just Seth Jones, who also played a lot in overtime, but was saying, I, I, I don't get it. I, he doesn't seem to sweat. I don't. It doesn't make sense. I don't know what they, they did to him over there in Russia, but whatever they did is, is, is amazing. Uh, just your appreciation for what this guy brings and what this guy is going to have to bring uh, down in this stretch run.
2: Yeah. You know, and it's, we talk so much about that overtime play and it it was so impressive, but in watching back some of the game last night, you know, what, what is almost more incredulous to me is his goal that he didn't look like he even tried on that thing. You know, he literally just kind of skated up and just, it didn't even look like, I mean, we've seen these wonderful dynamic shots that these guys can take and they're impressive and they, you know, fly top shelf or, you know, whatever it is, but he just kind of walked up and just kind of tipped it in looks so effortless and you know that's what strikes out stands out to me about him is nothing looks hard nothing yeah. looks hard and then when you do what people like you and i do after the fact and we look at how much time was he out there who was he playing <laughs> with what what did he do how, how, like you know across the board last night if we look at underlying stats who had the best shot share, who had the most scoring chances are artemi panarin and more nights than yeah. not that's the case um, yeah And it's just, he's just, he really is a special player. And um, I I, I would encourage, I think we are, (laughs) and I would encourage others. I mean, take this in because to see a guy like this 82 plus games a year is, is not something every fan or observer gets to do with, with their team.
1: Yes. I could not agree more. Um, You know, another, uh, another player who is under contract after this year (laughs) and who has, I thought I, one of the guys to me who, who stood out in the last couple of weeks, and I've not always been a huge fan of his game. I, I like the player uh, is, is Oliver Bjorkstrand. And my, my issue with Oliver is not that he doesn't, he, he hustles, he plays hard. But for, for me as, a, as a, with a basketball background, he always reminds me of the three point shooter who cannot create his own shot. Mm-hmm. In other words, someone has to give him space to get off that wonderful shot, and it doesn't always happen, and especially in big games where there's a lot of tight checking. But, my goodness, Oliver Bjorkstrand, in, the, in, the, in this recent stretch, I think has been a really good player for the Blue Jackets. Scored again last night, has three goals in four games, and now, Allison, we know that he's – I think he's pretty assured that he is either going to be playing uh, with uh, either Matthew Shane – or with Pierre Luc Dubois, both of them are quality centers, and he's going to have a pretty good line. He, he, right now, he's playing with Ryan Dezingle and again Duchesne, and his game has really, to me, elevated. What have you seen with our young Danish winger?
2: I'm impressed. You got through all that without one
1: maestro mention, Tom. Oh. Uh, Oh, see, you brought him up. So yeah, you don't even <laughs> like the nickname. I, I love don't the nickname. like
2: the nickname. I um,
1: love the nickname. <laughs> I don't want to hear Bjorky and, and Nasher and just give me something good. Thank you, Bob Strum. Thank you, Bob Strum for giving us a good <laughs> nickname in the sports world.
2: <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, what you said is exactly the key is who he's playing with. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, my gosh, look at what is on the other half, other two thirds of that line. It's, yeah. Zingle and right, it's right now Zingle and Duchesne. And you know, I, I heard some people comment after last night's game how much the Flyers were targeting those two, rightly so. Yeah, yeah. And, and to your point, yeah. that's that's what <laughs> gives a player like Bjorkstrand space. And that's all he needs. That shot that's, is so yep. lethal. Yep. That's all he needs. And you know, that is what, you know, again, I, I'm curious to see what Torts does put, moving Duchesne at all. If, if, Never. Um, but even if Dubois goes there, I mean, this league knows Pierre-Luc Dubois now as well. They're not going to overlook him either. Right. So um, gonna get, Bjorki is going to get Bjorky is going to get a little more space. Um, and, mm. and, and he's he he also I don't know about you, but it seems to me that he is his confidence is rising. Even when you yeah. talk to oh. him in the room, he definitely yeah. puts out a more comfortable vibe, a more confident vibe. And that all plays into this, too. Um, he had, I think, the second most shots um, last night, shot attempts. And what was significant about that to me is not one was a miss and not one was a block. They were all on target. Uh, yeah, no other that, jacket skater did that. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, we've always, since he's gotten here a few years ago, I think that has always been the thing everyone has kind of agreed on. Boy, with, when this guy gets time to shoot the puck, he's, it's usually on net. And it, it, it's, it's a very, I don't know what did it happen to, why it's so deceptive, but it is deceptive. And, you know, this is, we, we talk about this in crucial stretch uh, drive here. If you can keep Oliver Bjorkstrand playing the way he is, that is a major plus in, 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 in that column because I, I think he's, he's doing well. Um, but let, let's wind it back kind of to the beginning. Uh, obviously, we're talking all about the post trade deadline. I thought uh our readers, our listeners, I hope you've read you read Allison's terrific uh analytical deep dive into the four players uh, that were acquired at the deadline and not just uh, written word, but video or the of the charts that only Allison can do, uh really comprehensive uh look at the underlying importance and what these guys bring to the team. Allison for those who haven't read it, or for those who read it and maybe were looking for even a little deeper understanding, give us a little rundown, really, what these guys bring to the Blue Jackets.
2: Yeah, I, it's uh, it was fun to do. Um, I think I got over 2,000 words by the time it was done, so I apologize for the length. But uh, no. you know, so starting with Matt Duchene, he's he is you know you keep hearing he's a special player, he's a special player. So we sought out to kind of say what does that mean. He is um, tremendous on transition. Um, we've seen that a couple times already. We've seen his passing. He immediately becomes the second-best passer in terms of setting up shots only to Artemi Panarin on this team, just by joining yeah. the team. Um, wow. and we we saw that on the goal, on Scott Harrington's goal last night. We've seen some of that chemistry with Zingle for sure. Um, and th- there's if you read nothing else in the article, I encourage you to watch the goal highlight that's in there against the Islanders because it's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> um, so So this is a guy who can score too not a playmaker, but also a scorer. And because, you know, a center isn't necessarily, you know, kind of a one trick guy, you could say, boy, he's really great in this. Um, I turned to um, the gentlemen who are behind the website evolving hockey. And I said, how good is he? They have a, they have some measures to look at goals above replacement and wins above replacement, meaning the value a player can bring to a team. Matt Duchesne comes to Columbus as the seventh highest wins above replacement in the league. And by joining the team, he becomes the highest in terms of wins above replacement and goals above replacement. Even Artemi Panarin is behind <laughs> behind this guy. Yeah. So he is a special player. Uh, Zingle, definitely more of an offensive threat. Um, scoring, speed, these are things we've heard. But um, just, again, really creative. And um, I talked with Kenny McCudden about him, who just loves not just what the player does, but how he does it. The work ethic is incredible Um, This is a guy who's on the ice before practice skates hard in practice and stays out after. Um, And Kenny's point was, he doesn't just do the, do that work. He does it at game speed. Um, And that's incredible to see players putting in that kind of energy in a practice at this time of the year. Um, So definitely ups that offensive side. Um, McQuaid, we talked about, I kind of highlighted where his strengths and and what's going to make him work um, on this roster. And then finally we have Keith Kincaid and net. It's going to be, interesting to see if he can get some time. Um, I know he's curious about that. Curious to see how he can get in. But, um, I spoke with our colleague, Kat Silverman, um, who's a goalie expert. And I, one of the things I thought she said that was great that I want to make sure our, our readers know is he plays a little bit more of a style that as you watch might make you nervous. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but he is also what Kat said that I found intriguing is this is a guy who's really good at, if he gets away from his game, reflecting and trying to bring it back to center. He's had a rough go here of late um, in New Jersey, but he's also had double the workload in New Jersey. So um, it's possible that if he comes back down to like what would equate to about a thousand minutes a season versus the 200, 2000 plus he's been playing that that might allow his talent to become concentrated a little bit more.
1: All right. Interesting stuff. And again, I would encourage our listeners who haven't had a chance to read it. Um, uh, to go back and, and, and read the story. Um, Allison, this is an incredibly, incredibly busy weekend. Well, first of all, we have the Arnold, the big Arnold Festival. I hope, you've been, I hope you've been lifting. I hope you've been in the gym. I know you're always in the gym. Get yourself ready. Get your Z-bar, Z-Bart uh, or your spray tan. Go down to the Z-Bart and get your spray tan on. Get ready. Get ready to strut around the, the arena district and the short north. And then we've got, as we've mentioned, we have two big Blue Jackets games in town, Edmonton tomorrow afternoon, which, by the way, being a hockey writer, I just found out yesterday it was an afternoon game, but uh, (laughs) such is life. And then Winnipeg uh, with Jack Roslovic, Columbus's own Jack Roslovic, comes in on Sunday. And then Ohio State, I believe, Allison, both Ohio State teams in action. Tell us about that. Yeah, there's some really special
2: Ohio State hockey uh, going on. Um, the women, for the first time, are hosting a round in their conference play, the WCHA. Um, it's, there are three games scheduled. The team has to win two of the three to advance. Um, and this is critical. Um, they have not been faring as well as maybe they should in the polls, uh, given they just had shootout wins over the number one team last weekend and didn't move up a spot. So... Winning this weekend not only helps them in conference play, but can help them make sure they return to that NCAA tournament. So it's going to be good hockey. It's going to be important hockey. Uh, The men have, for the first time in program history, locked down the regular season Big Ten title. So they'll be uh, good to go. They have a bye for the first week of their conference tournament. But they are home this weekend for their last regular season games against Michigan State Friday and Saturday uh, with senior night happening Saturday. So again, um, which you can check out one or both of those games because they happen after the Blue Jackets game on Saturday. So Mm. if you have the time, if you have the energy, check those out or there is information to watch both uh, games online if you just want to sit home but still take in some good play.
1: Yeah. And and right before we go, uh, uh, we will, of course, Aaron Portstein will be back. uh, Assuming he, as Allison said, he wants to come back. Yeah, he'll be back, I believe, on Monday uh, getting us set up. And he certainly will be back Tuesday on our podcast. And uh, again, Allison, for, for listeners that may have forgotten already uh, 30 minutes ago, uh, how you can just the, 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 change, the little changes, subtle changes that are being made with our podcast, uh, give our listeners where you can find us.
2: Yep. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. We'll have links out to where the podcast is. Um, we're on SoundCloud itunes and stitcher hopefully uh, one of those suits you and you can subscribe there um and like i said if there's one if there's an additional service you want to try to to get added to let us know that as well but watch for the tweets um and follow the links there to to
1: keep listening all right uh for allison lucan i am tom reed uh this has been front and nationwide and we will see you back on tuesday enjoy your hockey weekend